This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Tuesday, December 17th, 2019. On this day in 1938, Margaret Martin went to meet a mysterious man for a job interview. It was the last time she was seen alive. Her body turned up four days later and her killer was never found. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of sexual violence that some listeners may find offensive. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the disappearance of Margaret Martin, a 19-year-old business school graduate. Let's go back to Pennsylvania on the morning of December 17th when she received a phone call that changed her life forever. The cold winter calm was shattered by the phone ringing in the Martin's Luzerne County home. Margaret rushed to pick it up. She didn't recognize the voice at the other end of the line it was a man. He was well-spoken, but other than that, his vocal characteristics were difficult to discern. She asked the man what he wanted. He responded calmly. He wanted her. He was starting a business and needed to employ some secretaries over the holidays. It was the type of work she was perfectly qualified for. In fact, her name had been put forward by Wilkes-Barre Business College, where she had graduated from just 17 days earlier. Margaret was delighted that her college recommended her so soon after her graduation. The prospect of gainful employment was so tempting, she did not bother to ask the man's name. Instead, she asked when he was conducting interviews. As a matter of fact, he said, he was interviewing people that day in Kingston Corners. Margaret was floored by her luck. That neighborhood was only a short walk from her parents' home. They agreed that they would meet there that afternoon. Thrilled, Margaret hung up the phone and went to her room to prepare. The pink and white bedroom was sparse in its layout, just as Margaret liked it. She had firm values and lived by them. The only decorations were three pictures of biblical figures and a framed wartime photo of her father. She left their two-story yellow house soon after, telling her mother, I'll be right back. She did not return. A woman matching her description was seen on the streets of Kingston that afternoon, but she was not alone. She was accompanied by a mysterious gentleman in a brown suit. The man, who was later assumed to be her kidnapper, 
was described by witnesses as sandy-haired, between 25 and 30 years of age, and slightly overweight. He was well-spoken and significantly taller than Margaret Martin. The man led Margaret to his car and allowed her to get in. He was not seen using force of any kind. However, as soon as the doors of the black coupe closed, Margaret Martin was never seen alive again. Four days later, on December 21, 1938, a body wrapped in a burlap sack was found under a bridge over Keelersburg Creek. The body was that of Margaret Martin. She was naked and badly mutilated. Whoever killed her appeared to have successfully attempted to dissect her. The case was ruled a homicide almost immediately and police scoured the area for clues. Beyond the witness testimony, no leads were forthcoming. If the police didn't act soon, Margaret Martin's murderer would get away scot-free. We'll discuss the mystery surrounding Margaret Martin's death after this. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. Margaret Martin was last seen alive on December 17, 1938, in Kingston, Pennsylvania. Four days later, she was found in a creek about 25 miles away from her home. She had bruises around her throat and several deep cuts on her limbs, seemingly attempts at dissection. An inch of fresh snow meant finding footprints or any other trace evidence would be difficult. Still, 75 state troopers were deployed to search the surrounding area for any clues about her disappearance. Margaret's parents were distraught, but found solace in their faith. According to her father, John Martin, we do not want vengeance. We know there is a divine justice. They believed that whoever their daughter's murderer was would suffer for his crimes one way or another. The Pennsylvania State Police, on the other hand, did not want to leave this case up to divine judgment, and their investigation saw some early successes. In the days immediately following the murder, they found clothing that matched what Margaret was wearing when she disappeared. The clothes were recovered in the steam boiler of an abandoned sawmill. They had been partially burned. Officers also investigated several suspects including a pair of men who reportedly lured a 16-year-old girl to a hotel room intending to sexually assault her. But despite many promising leads, no suspect could be tied to Margaret Martin's murder. By Christmas Eve, the successes started to run dry. 
law enforcement officers even attended Margaret's funeral to look for anyone suspicious. But this also turned up no leads. In response to public frustration about the lack of progress in the case, Pennsylvania Senator Leo C. Mundy proclaimed that he would introduce a bill requiring registration of all convicted sex offenders. He acted on this within days of Margaret's murder, certain it could help solve the crime. But as the years dragged on, the case grew cold. Four years after the murder, a 21-year-old man named Orban Taylor confessed to Margaret Martin's murder. However, after 10 hours of investigation and thorough questioning, his claim was dismissed as false. To date, the case is still open, but no new evidence has been introduced in decades. It's unlikely that it will ever be solved. Even if more forensic investigation techniques had existed at the time, they would have been largely unhelpful in solving this murder due to the weather conditions and paltry witness evidence. On top of this, most of the tools we use to protect people from anonymous phone calls nowadays, phone tracing, GPS, and caller ID, just did not exist in the 1930s. Margaret Martin, a deeply religious and studious girl, described by her mother as a living saint, had little reason to suspect that the promising phone call was summoning her to her demise. And whoever the killer was, he is likely long dead. Even if new techniques could solve the case, it would only provide a curious answer. It would not lead to any justice. All that the descendants of Margaret Martin can hope for is the divine justice John Martin insisted was coming for the man who killed his daughter. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. If you want to hear more about the disappearance of Margaret Martin, listen to our episodes of Unsolved Murders on the topic. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Andy Waits, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Robert Teamstra, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime.